Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. All ready for Christmas, and uh, we got the festive spirit going on around here. Life's pretty good. How about you? Yeah, about the same. It's a little weird with having it on uh, a weekend. I think that kind of throws everyone off a bit, but um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, enough about us. We've got someone here with us. True. So we have a guest today. Uh, if everyone wants to welcome James uh, to the show. Welcome, hey, James. Hey, James. How are you? Hey, everyone. I'm good, thanks. How's it going? Good, good. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So um, James is currently a PMM uh, to people that don't know, product, product marketing manager at Remote. And uh, he's a prolific writer of an email newsletter that I have followed probably for at least the past eight months or so. Um, I think it says it's, I think on your newsletter header, it's uh, about B2B SaaS, but I feel like it's mostly about product marketing, which also envelops B2B SaaS in such a great way. But does that sound about right, James? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's uh, my goal is to help product marketers and other people in B2B SaaS um, build momentum, which is what the newsletter is called, Building Momentum. Yeah, and if you want to subscribe to that, you can just head over to James's Twitter feed. We'll, uh, we'll give a link there in the show notes. Yeah, so I definitely wanted to have you on the show for a, a bit of time just because, again, I'm always consuming you know, all, the, all of your writings. Uh, at times, almost you write too often for me. <laughs> I think I've even asked you on times, I'm like, how do you write so much? Um, because it almost makes me want to, I have to process it and put it into a bucket. So oftentimes I like your mark things to come back later. Um, don't take the marketing attribution, like reading newsletters always to heart. Cause sometimes I'll go directly to your site. I will batch them. I'll do weird things that probably make anyone looking at the analytics, like have no idea what I'm doing. So, um, but yeah, just, we have, I have so many questions kind of about PMMs in general, trying to make this somewhat tactical for us, but just to start us off, um, what do you think the biggest thing people get wrong about PMMs is? Yeah, I think, you know, product marketing is such a broad term. There is so much that you can do with it. There are so many things that we can do, we can be involved in. Um, I think one of the biggest disservices that, uh, you know, marketers or kind of CEOs or founders give is, is not really giving product marketers the space to find their own um, way to help the business. I think often we get categorized as uh, either one of two models. Number one is just being an internal agency for sales enablement or content marketing teams. It's just like, look, we need this one sheet. We need this data sheet. We need a deck. Uh, horrible. I spent most of my <laughs> my first couple of jobs being a deck monkey, a powerful <laughs> monkey, and it was horrible. It's not a fulfilling job at all. Um, we can be much more strategic than that. The other model is that we can just be a conveyor belt for product teams. So whatever the product teams ship, that's it. We we launch out into the world. We write the release notes and um, you know maybe manage an email to customers or whatever. Again, it's really unfulfilling. It's not um, it's not a nice way to work, and also again misses out on the strategic value that product marketing can bring. Um, and I think that's because 
at its core, product marketing is a strategy role. We really have to understand who our customers are, what the business is doing, what's happening in the market, and then try and draw those dots together. Um, you know, people, it's just that piece that people are yet to really twig onto at scale. There's definitely companies and people out there that are advocating for this approach. But, um, but you know, that's the one message I think is, is product marketing is strategic. Don't make that mistake. Try and, don't try and force them into executional stuff all the time. Make sure there's that room for strategy as well. So do you think it's like the word, the fact that the word marketing and title also kind of alludes to that? Because like all the things you described are, you know, for the people that, you know, if you think of traditional, the way marketers have traditionally been looked at, it's like, okay, you mentioned like launch strategies, you mentioned putting decks together. It's like, oh, you guys know how to make things like look good. Like we're going to do stuff and then I need you to polish it and just like do all the, you know, make it, make it worded right, put the structure, like tell the story, all that stuff. Like, hey, we did all this stuff and here now, you know, shine up my turd, so to speak. <laughs> It is exactly like that. Um, you know, we're often seen as, or product marketing is often seen as, you know, yeah, the fluffy people that make the deck after the fact, the ones that do, uh, you know, execute on whatever strategy has already been decided. But we can step back from that and really understand what the landscape is saying, what we're hearing from customers and have some input into the way that we move forward. It's just so much better for everyone involved. It works so much better. Yeah. So what what are the types of, uh, I guess, if, if it's not doing, you know, you talked, I guess you, you were kind of leaning into more of like a lot of research from the, or it seemed to be when you're saying strategic. And to me, when I think strategic, I think it need, involves a good amount of research. So like, is that is that a big piece of where is kind of the, the sweet spot to to utilize a product marketer in terms of like, you know, there's a lot of, I think, comparison research, all kinds of other deeper things than just the surface polishing. Like, how do you, how do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, you can go super deep into research. Um, but what I mean by, you know, strategy is all about understanding where you are today, where you want to be by a certain time frame, and the steps involved to make that happen and then putting that into action. You don't need to do super deep research all the time. You can do really nice targeted pieces of customer research, competitive research, or just understanding more about your business goals and the way that your, the, you know, the business system works. Um, just, you know, some of those bits can really give you a lot of answers into, you know, how to um, really maximize the results that you're going to get from uh, a go-to-market function from a marketing, you know, there's, there's so many of these bits and pieces that's impacted by what product marketers can do. Okay. that And that makes sense to me. Yeah. Now that when I, I know I kind of said, if we took the market, it's like the marketing title part of the product marketer, you know, one, one point of view was it alluded to making things shiny. <laughs> and then the other part though, what you mentioned, I think to me says like, okay, what a big part of marketing and go-to-market is, is the here and now, or at least like the next six months, you know, year, two year time frame, like time horizon, which probably gives you a good cutoff into where the research you're doing. Like we're not talking about, yes, strategy is great, but we're not talking about like the enduring 10 year strategy. We're not talking about like that type of stuff. We're talking about 
still the marketing piece of getting to customers, getting to prospects, getting to all of those pieces and bridging that gap in there. So there's where we kind of bring back, okay, now it makes sense that marketing is in the, is in the title aspect. One of the things I like about reading your newsletter as well as just as a founder, a person that's doing a lot of these jobs, it's, it just re- it really speaks to me thinking about all of these things. Um, and also again, thinking of the time spectrum I'm looking at right now. Um, but when do you feel like is the, the time someone, a PMM, a traditional PMM, a classic PMM should, should be joining a business? Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything really as a traditional product marketer. I think we're really versatile and that we can be thrown into a situation and just get what needs to be done, done. Um, I think there is a time when you can say, okay, we, we need to benefit or we can benefit from some product marketing expertise and skills here. And I think that really does depend on the go-to-market motion that's set, um, the existing skill set of the team, and the biggest challenges that you're facing over the next six to 12 months, probably. Um, if we're going to think about you know, a standard B2B SaaS startup, so imagine that the founder is a, uh, you know, a product person who's taking on sales, um, uh, you know, the sales kind of ownership as well. And the, the go-to-market is a more traditional kind of inside sales play. Um, I think product marketing should be like the first or second marketer that you would hire now. Uh, that used to be the first person would be a demand generation hire. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's changed a lot because it's significantly easier to access an audience now than it ever has been. You've got social media, you've got all of these outreach tools, you've got um, all of the the advertising networks and things like that. It's easier than ever to get in front of people. But the challenge is, is to how do you make sure you get in front of the right people, the right audience, and then how do you pitch them in the best way? How do you sell them on what your product is and how it can help them? And that's one of the reasons we've seen such a big increase in demand for product marketers over the last 18 months, two years, is there is so much differentiation required now to kind of cut through the noise. Uh, And product marketing is one of the best tools you can have to build that into the core of your go-to-market. That makes sense. Yeah, because I guess it could depend on the startup itself, right? Like where maybe the idea itself on the onset is differentiated enough to cut through noise. Um, But at the same time, if you're in start to be, or it starts to get crowded, it starts to, or, or if you are coming up through a, what looks like at the surface level, a very commoditized market, but then the reality is like, how do you make it so it doesn't, I don't look as commoditized as it because I am focusing on a certain way of doing it. How do I accentuate my advantages? And that seems like the great place for a, for a PMM to be in. Yeah. And especially in teams where the majority skill set is kind of technical, you know, a technical founding team. Um, product marketers are going to have a real big impact the sooner the better. Uh, you know, I think that tech people are really great for thinking deep about the application of technology, but product marketers can really join the application of it to the use cases that a specific customer can get value from. And that's where you're going to connect the dots and put, you know, the, the pedal to the metal and really see things start to take off. 
It's interesting you're talking about like these different roles that the product marketing marketing person can really help with. And it sounds like a lot of them are um, things that an early startup CEO would do. And then as they as they grow, the company grows and there's more other things like, you know, HR and, um, you know, making deals with other companies and things like that to attend to that the the product marketing person can really put some some process and and whatnot around the things that the ceo used to do is that is that kind of line up with what you're thinking absolutely i think you know in the early in the journey you have a typically have a ceo who is really close to the customer you know they've got that past experience they've been in that role before and so they've got this really deep ingrained understanding but as you scale the business the ceo spends less time on sharing that viewpoint and advocating for that across product engineering success sales marketing that it becomes more it doesn't it becomes less clear and there's more ambiguity but product marketing can come into these kind of situations and with a little bit of research a little bit of thinking be able to bring everyone together around a single definition of who their customer is and how you best reach them um, and advocate for the customer as well amongst all of those teams. Um, so yeah, absolutely. It's a, a really interesting way to look at it. Yeah. I, li- I like that, that thought there, Nate, cause it may, it makes me think of when for me, the lights came on in terms of like thinking things through from a positioning standpoint. And I'll be honest, it was like, it was, it was probably a few years ago when I first read April Dunford's book. And then that would became like this, this interesting moment where I'm like, yeah, these are all the things like what got us here was X. And now I have these thoughts. I know where we're going, but it's also hard to kind of, you're, you're orchestrating the direction, but you're not necessarily communicating it all the time. And it gets hard as you get into that scaling and building phase with expanding into more people actually getting, okay, how do I make these all repeatable processes? And you get caught up in those types of things. But then during that time period, like you've laid all this groundwork and then it's like, okay, I know I had an idea why I was doing all these things, but like, let's, let's get back to that. And what I like most about April's book, which was when I'm reading it, I'm always like, this is not for people necessarily first starting out. It's like, for me, it was because so much of her framework was getting, looking at who your most successful customers are and then working backwards. Like that's, that's kind of the the biggest takeaway I got out of it. And then but you can't have that without already being launched and having successful customers. So it's like further down the road. And, and again, that's where the, even though I might've been doing positioning early on, I didn't think it was positioning. Like, I'm like, oh, well, this is just how we're different. Um, but not from a, you know, a deeper traditional PMM sense. And, and that's what kind of had the lights come on for me, like later down the road. Um, James, you mentioned, uh, you know, we talked about like, roles and how these kind of come up, but where do you think a PMM should sit in the reporting structure? Like who should this, who should a PMM report to? Cause I could see some conflicts, right? Like, are they in product? Are they in marketing? Should they direct, should they report to the CEO, CEO maybe at a certain point early stage, but would love your thoughts on that. Yeah. It, um, it, there are, there is a lot of conflict about it. Uh, a lot of strong opinions. Um, I'm biased. I've only ever worked in product marketing where we're aligned to marketing teams. So we're part of the marketing of broader growth team and we are primarily concerned with 
you know, revenue, customer acquisition, and um, adoption, retention, satisfaction kind of metrics. Um, I like that a lot because it's really focused on kind of the commercial aspect and it's really, it's very customer focused and there's always a recognition of the channels that you're using to communicate to the business, to the rest of the world. Um, but conversely, there are people that have only ever worked in product teams and love that really close connection with what's on the roadmap, where things are, how they can how product marketers can help product teams to influence the roadmap more around customer insights um, and help drive that part of the process as well. I don't think there's any clear kind of clear and cut answer around the best way to do it. I think experimentation is the best, you know, the best thing and just see how it fits. I think some of those things are going to come out quite naturally during um, you know, the first couple of years of having product marketing in the business anyway. Um, but uh, I think it's really interesting. I, I can't imagine working for a product marketing team under product. I hmm. can't like, connect the dots yet in my head around how I would be most successful in that setup. Um, but I guess it's just a learning curve kind of thing. Like with the ones you've talked to, would a... This also starts to where in my brain, like who's doing what roles types of things like where, you know, it, I could see someone from the light of a coming up from the product side could arguably be called that's doing, you know, marketing aspects of it could arguably be the, you know, growth marketer type that is on there or like the person that is, hey, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to write the onboarding emails. I'm going to do the onboarding side. I'm going to be all about like that, you know, similarly to a marketer, but like ex going a little further once they're a customer or once they're in the app and things like that, extending that further, how do we keep resonating those same marketing messages? How do we keep, keep that differentiation and highlighting the right benefits to the right features of why you should use X, like where, but, but I could see like who would do that. I could be like, Oh, it could be a, you know, it could be, I don't know, a growth marketer. It could be a PMM. It could be a, a product growth person, but those are where those lines start to bleed for me. If it came, at least if someone came up from the product side, is that what you've seen too? Yeah. I mean, I've done all of those bits and pieces whilst being in the marketing side and it's worked pretty fine. I think, um, you know, even though we're under marketing, it's a super cross-functional role by default anyway. You have to have yeah. strong connections and those strong alignment with product, with success, um, you know, with sales and the rest of the marketing team anyway. Um, I think it's also interesting when you think about, you know, the goals of product marketing teams, what they want to, what they need to achieve for your business over the next six months. 12 months, mm -hmm. 18 months. Um, once you can be really clear on that, then it makes much more sense. You can be like, okay, product marketing is focused on this particular area. So for now, let's align them under this part of the team or, or make sure they've got really strong connection with these people. Um, but I think that again, that's one of the things that we don't necessarily do so well is say, okay, this is, this is what product marketing is going to set out to achieve. We just mm -hmm. kind of float around a little bit it's a bit weird. Right, right. Because it's hard to like peg a specific, you know, you could say sales and marketing, traditionally, you've got like, 
basically leads and, and new revenue, so to speak. And then you could say a customer success and even product teams could be as like from the SaaS perspective, like looking at net dollar retention and, and onboarding and activation and those types of things. And, and a PMM could be so powerful helping both like transitionally, like where, you know, if you did live on the marketing team, then if you are helping with, let's say a product project on, you know, improving, improving the onboarding messages and event-based messaging and things like that, it makes sense to me now that you said like, Hey, you know, thinking through if that's their, if that's your company initiative for the next six months, like the PMM, even though they traditionally would live on them, they might report up through marketing, but they're sort of on loan in here for this project. They might, you know, still report with their marketing teams and things like that, but they're, they're, they might be of the, you know, 80% of their brain for the next three months is going to be more in the product world, but then eventually kind of track back to the marketing area once that project is wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the way we need to think about it. It's a really fluid role, a really fluid team. I think in terms of mm -hmm. metrics, um, the best situation I worked in was where we had, you know, two key metrics. One was net new ARR added each month. Mm -hmm. and the other was um, successful adoption of the product. So the number of, you know, accounts that signed up that turned into paying customers and hit whatever their kind of usage goal was. Mm -hmm. um, that gave us two really distinct ways to think about it. The first part was about everything that happens before sign up um, or before the initial kind of payment point. So positioning, pricing, messaging, uh, communicating features, the sales experience, stuff like that was something that we could impact through ourselves or through our relationships with other teams. And then the second part around successful adoption was about, is this the right product for this type of customer? Do we communicate better? Do we help them find out um, how to get started quickly enough? Did they achieve their core goals early on enough and see the value in it? Um, melding those two together was a really interesting, um, a really interesting experience. Yeah, it's funny. It's like after doing a stint in that, I could see just having so many insights to give back to product to say like, hey, if you were looking at this, this is where there was a hole. This is where the product wasn't great. This is where there's an opportunity. And same thing on the marketing go to market side of like, okay, after doing this, I saw how a piece got all the way through the funnel. <laughs> and I saw where things fall out. And I can basically help set the next like, it's going to give a directional aspect to, you know, the next set of strategies for the next, you know, six months out. Yeah. You're talking a bit about like reporting through marketing or reporting through product and whatnot. And uh, I wonder like if it would make more sense, like being an outside person, not knowing anything about this, if it would make more sense to them report directly to the, the CEO in the sense that um, they are, um, they are kind of like an agency for the CEO. Like it's like a research department in some ways. And in other ways, it's like, let me help different departments with implementation. Right. And it would almost seem like if the, if there was like a quarterly meeting with the CEO or a, a, a yearly meeting with the CEO to say, this is strategy, our strategy. And these are our findings and our strategy for the next six months. Are you good with that? Yes or no. And then the CEO would like give his blessing publicly to the company to say, these guys know what's what. You know, 
help they're going to help you implement it because like we talked about like they're kind of growing the ceo is growing out of that role and the product marketing is taking it so if product marketing is under product or marketing people are going to start to pigeonhole them right yeah and you know when you say that out loud obviously it makes so much sense all Mm. of the every single role i've had the product marketing plan has always been discussed with the ceo it's always Mm. You know, this is how we're thinking of positioning. This is what we're learning. These are some problems we've seen in the sales funnel. This is how we're thinking of fixing them. You know, these are the broad goals that we want to do from an adoption and activation perspective. Absolutely, we should have that direct line in. I think, um, you know, the only reason that we don't is because, well, I'm not actually sure why we don't. I think that'd be a really good experiment for somebody to run. So let us know. Um, I can I can lean in on my thoughts on that because um, from from my standpoint, um, I think it's interesting. Like I think definitely from a you know, I would say I would say giving buy in or or giving the blessing type of thing is it, and that's the point I think both of you emphasized, which I think is is really important. But through a reporting structure, I think it's challenging because again, from the metric standpoint, like you want to be able to hold a certain area accountable for like one specific metric and everyone is rowing in that direction. Like I've said, everyone under sales, everyone under marketing, everyone under product or CS. It's it's like, it's easier to have those lines drawn so you can, as a CEO, delegate what, who does what and always kind of resolving like, is this someone, is this so-and-so doing this or is it, is it, is it this person's or that person's or that department's or that department? So I think that's helpful. Um, the other piece I would add is from a career development standpoint, you need the the other part of, yes, the reporting, but also through like, how are those people going to develop their careers? And I would think if you took a PMM, unless it was a, you could probably have a very senior PMM help, but then are they having direct reports? Like you start thinking it from a departmental and organizational structure standpoint. And that's where for me, it starts to fall a bit more apart because how do you progress careers under PMM? If they're just always talking to the CEO, the CEO probably isn't having as much time to, you know, help coach or work with them. They're they're a great asset, but they're not going to be able to level them up, so to speak, like you would in other departmental structures. Right. But like, I wonder with that, um, the, like the, the career progression though, I wonder if you you would need more people to buy into the process. But if you had it as another a department, like it's like the catalyst department or something where it's like these guys are the guys or the strategy department or something. And you start out being the gopher that, that cleans up slide decks and you end up being the person who has the, the direct conversations with the CEO about strategy and whatnot. I think to start, it gets tricky because like, where do you start? But, um, I feel like that is manageable. This, this is where I think product marketing is going to fragment in some ways over the next five or so years. Um, I expect that we will see strategy roles be created at a more, well, you know, an increase in strategy roles. So um, strategy teams, director of strategy, probably still have product marketers under a strategy team responsible for kind of core market insights from customers, competitors, uh, general landscape kind of stuff. And then I think we'll see some of the more execution part of product marketing go to segment marketing teams that are all focused on driving 
growth and adoption from particular customer groups. Um, that's where I think product marketing is probably going to go. Hmm. Yeah, because there's there's only so much attention and as, as seats, and that's the the part I I think the additive part is like I said is great for a CEO, but there's still like I only have so much time, <laughs> and honestly, it's like to adding on another manager or another department for that it it just it becomes untenable as a you know as a as a ceo trying to like you're also talking about the other ones we haven't even mentioned operations and finance and all of these other things so your attention is split and i firmly believe like someone that's somewhat still doing somewhat of individual contributor work anyone no matter it's a manager or whatnot like you probably can have about maybe five direct reports that you can actually work with <laughs> to do things and whether that's them reporting up to you and you helping to to drive you know strategic direction for areas or things like that um but yeah it's i don't know i could see it going again it's probably mostly going to be on depending on the type of organization like how much you could see a SaaS business today probably like you would need to have strong pmm in your marketing and it probably you would almost i would see it more likely a, a pmm that came up as a, in my day right now would think would be a better candidate for like a like a you know a cmo than a traditional brand marketer or these other ones i know james is like yep definitely <laughs> so um but yeah like the the things we see across the strengths of a pmm i almost feel like it should be that but that what i would do is replace the criteria and say a CMO should be a PMM first. Yeah, I you, we are seeing many more CMOs come from product marketing backgrounds. Um, I think the other route for product marketing growth as well is into you know chief of staff, COO roles, um, anything that is about melding strategy with execution. You know, I think we're we're really strong in in helping merge both of those worlds together. Right, CROs, all these ones, I can see it being, if that's the, it's still a PMM at heart, but at the same time could be, you know, a C-level, you know, at that table, but it just might not be in the PMM, like, title, so to speak. Yeah. Cool. Um, one question I had, which I'd love to dive into a bit more, is um, what, well, it was funny, it was there, there was a little Twitter conversation, I forgot the person's name, but she mentioned something about throughout an idea of like a, a fractional PMM, <laughs> especially thinking of the light of, you know, again, thinking strategically, if you're using a PMM correctly, they are thinking in these, you know, different time scales and getting out of hopefully the polish, which is just really the, the two week out, one month out type of time scale, and really thinking of the, you know, six month, year, two year time scale. What are, what are the types of things if, in this idea of a fractional uh, PMM coming in, what is the type of thing they would like do within a period and then sort of, here, I'm doing all this investigation and now I'm giving you these assets, like, you know, positioning, what are all these pieces like look like together as like an artifact, so to speak? Yeah, it's definitely something that's grown, you know, the concept has really come up over the last couple of months, maybe it's really pretty new. Um, I think it's really interesting. It's probably something that I'm going to be exploring over the next couple of years. But um, I think there's there's probably, again, two types of fractional PMMs that you might want 
one is one that can come in with a framework and experience. Um, you know, this is how we can do positioning. Here's the process. Let's work on it together. Go through that. Bring everyone around on why it's the right. You know, there's a lot of internal change management with things like positioning that we need to manage as well. Um, and then sell it into the business and make sure it's all working and fitted nicely. Um, and then I think there's the kind of purely strategic fractional marketer um, who can come in and be like, you know, this is this is how we've done this before. Let's, you know, go back to basics. Let's build um, the core artifacts that you need from personas all the way through to buyer journey, through to understanding the broader customer journey, map out all the sales enablement material that you need, um, you know, product uh, product announcement um, matrixes and all this kind of stuff, which I think is really interesting as well. Um, but I think one of the one of the downsides of this is that we miss the opportunity to to focus on upskilling the product marketers and marketers that you already have. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that you know Alicia um, Carney, one of my friends, and I are doing about a, a course to help upskill scrappy product marketers. Um, but uh, you know, I think especially in Europe. There, there's not a lot of career growth for product marketers or like an easy way to break into it. Um, and so I think we need a bit more thinking there on how we kind of manage the next generation as well. Cool. That was a great segue into your course. I did want to ask about it. It's called what? WTF is go to market, right? Um, so who, who is the target for for that course, you bet you said scrappy product marketers, but I'm also thinking like if they know they're even product marketers, half the time I think people don't even know what they're type. Like, oh wait, that's me. It's one of those things you like read a zodiac and you're like, oh, that's me. Okay, <laughs> I've been doing that thing. So so yeah, who who's the right fit for that type of course, and what's what's the the gap you're trying to bridge at this point? Yeah, so Alicia and I are both um, pretty involved in the product marketing community. Um, and one of the questions we hear from almost everyone we speak to, whether they're a, a new product marketer, someone who's been in the role for a couple of years, or, you know, even CEOs and, and CMOs, it's like, you know, I hear the word go to market all the time, but I don't really understand what it is. Like, how do all the bits connect together? Like, I've, I can read a definition of it, but like, what's the connective tissue between all those different building blocks. Um, and so that's why we just called it, you know, WTF is go to market. Um, people that have those questions, that question, um, are generally in their first three or four years, um, at least if not earlier for of product marketing. Um, we're really focused on helping uh, marketers in B2B technology companies. Uh, that's where our experience is, is mostly from, but also the, the kind of the frameworks and the um, uh, and kind of attitudes that we've developed as well, best fit there as well. So there's a lot of focus on understanding our customers, understanding the needs of the business and connecting those bits together. So thinking less about product marketing and go to market as just a checklist and more about trying to understand what it is you're really trying, trying to achieve. Um, so yeah, hopefully that's what we're we're going to help 
product marketers do. We've just announced our, which today we've invited our first cohort, um, which is really cool. We've been lucky enough to um, offer a scholarship as well to improve diversity in the product marketing community, uh, sponsored by Crane VC, which is also you know an awesome thing that we can hopefully help to change. Right. Right. When does this cohort, so this, it's all cohort based, right? And when, when does this, this is your first cohort starting up. When, when does it start? Uh, first one starts in February. It's a six week course. And then we hope to do it every, probably every quarter. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting. Um, some of the applications we've asked people to do kind of video applications, if they feel comfortable looking about the best product marketing projects they've worked on and the worst ones they've worked on. And you can just see all of these, you know, we've been all through these lessons before we've had exactly the same experiences. And so if we can help people manage those future ones a little bit better, then we're not just going to see an impact on the results that product marketers can drive for businesses, but also see that reflected in the career growth of people as well. Uh, and that's, that's the driving force behind it for us. Right. That makes sense. So who, who's, um, I guess if you're not your cohort starting, is that cohort closed at this point? Yep. It's closed in the minute, but you can go and register for interest for the next one. Cool. Yeah. So any, any listeners that are interesting, interested in a uh, course, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like a great fit for even like founders or, um, you know, like I said, marketers that are kind of doing the things, but they're trying to actually connect all the dots like they've been in the execution parts and they have this start of like i think there's a lot more to this but i i need some guidance like my my brand marketer boss background doesn't really know where to put me <laughs> anymore or uh, i have all these questions and i'm not quite sure where to land so it sounds like a great a great a great uh way to bridge that gap yeah yeah we've got people in the cohort from um, you know, it's their first product marketing job all the way through to, uh, 40 something year old director level people. Uh, and we've got one CEO of a tech company in there as well. So it's a real, really good mix of, of people. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Nate, did you have any other questions? No, this has been, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, I did want to wrap up a little bit if Nate didn't have anything else, but, um, what do you think the if you're looking for early PMMs or people that are showing, you know, signs of kind of floating in that direction, what do you feel like the top like characteristics or traits are, um, you know, from a, from a, you know, personality perspective from a, uh, like where they tend to default, um, yeah, but, but kind of like what, it, what should you look for in, in an up and coming potential PMM? Yeah. Um, so I think the first part I'd say is empathy, um, really about getting into the mind of our customers. We really need to see life from their perspective. You know, if you take positioning, the definition of positioning is about occupying a space in the mind of your customer to do that effectively. You need to understand what is already going on in their head, what's going on in their life for them. And so unless we can do that really effectively, product marketing breaks down really quickly. So being able to do research, be able to hypothesize and 
um, you know, validate or anything you need to do to, to really embody your customer, I think is really important. Um, and that goes hand in hand with advocacy. So representing that customer that you've built a solid understanding of, um, being able to understand the business goals and the business system, as it were, that you're operating within and having the kind of the skills to navigate around that to drive the best outcomes, I think is really important. Um, product marketing, again, is it breaks down if the work we're doing is not used by the business. We can do all of the, the snazzy PDFs of personas and go-to-market strategy documents all we want, but unless it's put into action and people are being consistent with it, again, it breaks down. Uh, and then lastly, it's having an understanding of what strategy is. So, you know, it's not solely the 10-year mission and vision. You need to understand that, but you need to understand what are the small steps that you can make today to push you forward between now and then. Um, you know, having keeping in mind the, the intended outcomes that you want to achieve and then being able to make choices that move you from, from A to B. I think is really important. Right. Now that's really good. Yeah, those last two points really make me think about like that probably could be a whole other podcast episode is like how do you make sure your work does not just it's like, hey, I did all this research and planning and positioning and personas and all of these pieces and now like all these areas have to use it, right? And leaning into the last item you mentioned about like what are the small iterative things they could here's how they you got to get buy-in for all of that. And that's like, or how do you convince them that this is what they should be doing and get out of your rut of like kind of just consistently doing the things that worked like the past six months and start looking at how these changes can help you versus just how can I continue to do the same thing? So, yeah. Yeah. And my, you know, in my experience, I've been through three or four kind of big pivot changes in uh, like the way with the business is operating. And one of the biggest tips I share with that is that, you know, your internal stakeholders are your customers as well. So do the same thing. Understand what's driving them, their jobs, pains, gains, and motivations, and then think backwards into how do you help them get to their desired state? It's, it's just a customer. It's exactly the same process. Right. Um, just a, a different outlook on it. No, that's a great point to bring back, which is like, there's, again, a reason why marketing is in the title. <laughs> so love that. Awesome. Thanks a lot for coming on, James. This was this was really informative, helped to answer a lot of questions bouncing around in my head. Nate, I hope it, it helped you as well. I know you're, you've been kind of, again, looking into the PMM world a bit lately. So yes, yeah, it's been fun. Thanks, James. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's really good to chat. All right. Have a great holiday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share with a friend. We're new to this podcasting thing, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at Searching for SAS on Twitter. That's Searching, the number four, SAS. Or send an email to searchingforsass at gmail.com. See you next week. Thank you.